Hey there, and welcome to episode six of the Beyond the Shadow of Doubt podcast. I am Megan Skidmore. I'm a life transitions coach certified through the Life Coach School, and I work with parents of LGBTQ kiddos of a conservative faith background. My goal with this podcast is to bring the traditionally somewhat taboo topic of doubt and questioning out of the shadows of shame and into the sunlight. Um, recently in my congregation was held what we call a fast and testimony meeting. This is basically where members of my faith who feel so moved uh, during a meeting where all come um, having fasted, gone without food and drink, uh, they're able to come forward and bear witness at the front of the congregation of their faith in Jesus Christ and his gospel. Um, one individual uh, came forward and stood up and shared, I don't remember exactly the sentences used, but shared uh, something to the effect, it was basically encouraging us to doubt our doubts. I don't remember again the exact sentences, but I do remember how I felt. It didn't sit well with me. I was confused. I was unsettled. I thought about it and I put pen to paper and this is what I came up with. To say you should doubt your doubts is like saying you shouldn't change your mind or that it is not okay to change your mind or i.e. reconsider beliefs you have made, choices you have made. And for me, it brings up the question, where is free will in this scenario? Where is personal growth in this? And furthermore, to say you should doubt your doubts, well, isn't that actually doubting? Isn't that kind of contradictory? It, it kind of spins you in a circle. The phrase actually doesn't make a lot of sense to me. What does make sense to me is that doubts are a natural human phenomena. They're a natural human process. I genuinely do not understand this belief system or thought train widely out there to not encourage doubts and actually shutting them down. Why not allow it? I, this is a sincere ask that I have. It, it is unhealthy not to allow the natural course of when something does not make sense or there is a gap or a blank to be filled in. To be human is to be curious, to be creative, and to explore. Um, I find this interesting. I found this um, on a LinkedIn account that I'll leave uh, the link in the show notes. Thomas Edison's teachers said he was, quote, too stupid to learn anything. 
he was fired from his first two jobs for being, quote, nonproductive. As an inventor, Edison made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. When a reporter asked him, how did it feel to fail 1,000 times? Edison replied, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. In recent years, I have accumulated quite a few new books about the human brain. One of them is called Neurosculpting, a whole brain approach to heal trauma, rewrite limiting beliefs, and find wholeness by Lisa Wamberger. I'm going to read a passage to you that is found on pages 35 and 36. It's a little section and it's called, What Does Neuroplasticity Mean to Your Life? Let's pretend that you, at your current age, are suddenly stripped of your gift of neuroplasticity. This idea that our, our brains are malleable, they're flexible. You get to keep all that you know up to this point, all of your existing skills and capabilities, all of your memories, and even all of your personality traits. This doesn't seem so alarming until you are given a new project at work that requires you to learn a bit of new information about a program you're using. Without your neurological adaptability to create new pathways, you would not be able to learn the new program or store the information and then build upon it to become proficient or to think about something even simpler. Your phone company just came out with the upgrade to your phone. This new phone has many more features that would make your life and your business dealings easier, but you won't benefit from this because you won't be able to learn the most basic new applications or how to use them. You are no longer able to fire up a new neurological map that associates with new information. Your current state of existence is as promising and as full of potential as it ever will be. You can't go anywhere new in this jungle of yours. Furthermore, any of the skill sets you don't use for a long time will also eventually be lost. Your capacity for growth would be capped and limited for the rest of your life. But our neurological adaptability, our neuroplasticity, means that you can edit, sculpt, and rewrite those old stories and fears that cripple you precisely at the time in which you are supposed to expand into the fullness of your life. What would it be like to be able to identify a limiting script and simply edit it? What if you could instantly notice a self-sabotage sabotage script that prevented you from succeeding at your job and instantly edit it so that you weren't afraid to apply for that promotion? Consider what it would be like to simply file a limiting script away so it remained in the past as an experience you had, but not a script that you needed to stay loyal to. Who would you be then? What might be possible for your life? So why am I reading that to you? Let's, let's kind of liken that to the theme of my work and the theme of this podcast. Ask yourself this, how many times have you graduated, quote unquote, graduated from primary or basic beliefs in your understanding of faith 
or the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me explain. We all have to start somewhere, just like in in school, secular school. It makes sense that we start in pre-K with the basics, letters, numbers, colors. Then in kinder, first and second, we move on to more advanced things like reading, writing, and math. And with each grade, subsequent grade, grade we level up. That's the idea anyway. We are each individual, so of course, we're gonna progress at our own pace. Well, the same is true in our learning of our faith, no matter what our faith background might be, or when that journey started. We begin with the basic or primary principles, and then we build on that. Sometimes in youthful innocence, we may misinterpret or misunderstand something, but perhaps it doesn't register until years later that we misunderstood it. Good thing that God, the universe, the divine, or however you refer to a greater power in your life, created our minds such that we can adjust our viewpoints and change our thought processes as we learn and as our understanding increases and wisdom grows. If you listened to last week's podcast, you heard me talk about when my um, master's story crashed. Um, this, this concept that I'm sharing with you right now, this idea of neuroplasticity is truly what enabled me to embrace option three. I truly feel called to a work. Um, I know there is a specific place for our LGBTQ plus siblings and family and families in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the plan of our heavenly parents in this great plan of happiness. It is my belief. It's a place so special. We haven't quite yet found it, or it hasn't fully been revealed or understood quite yet. I suppose you could say like Edison did, it's a process with 1000 steps. It is my sincere hope to contribute to some of those steps. I invite and hope you will accept the invitation to contribute some of those steps as well. If you know of someone who could benefit from this message, please feel free to share it with them. I also would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review as it bumps my podcast on the algorithm which increases visibility. If you have yet to try coaching and would like to discuss some of these concepts with me, your first session is always complimentary. To schedule, go to my website, https forward slash colon forward slash forward slash meganskidmorecoaching.com. As always, I will leave all sources referenced in the show notes. Sending love to each of you, Until next time.